I like to create containers, which is time and space. So for three songs, I will feel this, or for 30 minutes, I will feel this. And then I move on with my day. I make plans with girlfriends. I schedule things that I can look forward to so that I am getting back to my life and the things that bring me joy, not just only saying that if I'm in heartbreak, that's all I can experience. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Hey fam, Bryn here, head coach at Sex and Love Co. And I felt called today to jump on and come to the mic and share with you how to heal from heartbreak. It is what is most personal to me today. And it is what is most universal. If you are a human being on this planet, you've experienced heartbreak at some point or another. And so it's something all of us will go through some of us more than others. And I wanted to share how I'm healing while I'm in the midst of it, because this weekend I got dumped and It's really fresh and there are things that I'm doing that I imagine will be so supportive to so many people. And while it is still so fresh and present, I wanted to share those things with you. And I'm not a stranger to heartbreak. I've been dating and falling in love since I was 14 years old, had my heart broken, broken hearts many a times. And, you know, in 2019, probably had the deepest, most profound heartbreak when I left my 10 year marriage and the pain and the grief and the sadness that I felt during that time at times felt insufferable. I mean, it was so heavy and so big. And what I found to be so interesting about this recent heartbreak is it was a four month relationship. So a blip on the scale of my life And yet I found it to be so intensely painful. And what I attribute that to is I am living my life with an open heart. And so it doesn't matter if I dated this man for four months or four years, if I am open to love, that also means I am open to feeling the pain when that love transitions. And I think to be an open-hearted woman or human means to, to stay open no matter what, at any cost, because the risk of pain, in my experience, will always be worth the reward of love. And that is my journey is to keep staying open, to stay open, 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 even when it hurts, um, because for me, at least when I closed in past relationships in my marriage, it hardened me. I wasn't just closed to love. I was closed to everything. I was closed to joy and experiences and to possibility, to pleasure, because to close your heart means to close all of the emotions that come with it. And to me, even though it hurts and even though it's painful, I'd much rather stay open and also have the incredible high highs that come with staying open. And so this relationship while short was really impactful for me. And 
I imagine there will be tears in this podcast. Um, but my, my goal today is to go through the things that I've done to support myself. And I think the first tear of sadness came from an invitation I had from a coach of mine. So yes, I'm a coach and yes, I get coached because it is so important for me, especially when going through hard times to have that level of accountability, to have somebody to hold me through it. And I was saying to my coach, I felt his closure first. So we're intuitive beings. We can feel energy and I felt his energy shift. And so intuitively I started to feel what was coming that he was pulling away. So I wanted to take control. I wanted to leave before left break up before being broken up with, because that is my pattern. So if you haven't read the book, the five personality patterns, it's one of my most recommended books in coaching. It's not a light read by any means, and you don't even have to read the whole book. But what I advise you to do is to get the book and look at your specific pattern. So these patterns are how you react when in overwhelm. And you have a primary pattern and a secondary. And it's so rewarding to know these things about yourself because then you can be more aware in your daily interactions and your relationships where you typically will get the most triggered. And so my first pattern, my first line of defense is rigid. So this is what I learned in childhood. I learned to control my surroundings and to find safety and security through structure, structure, organization, rigidity systems and subtle manipulation. There's gifts to this. I'm a highly organized human being. I know how to create systems for businesses. And yet the shadow side is when I feel overwhelmed or unsafe, I step into control. And sometimes it's really sneaky and sometimes it's really obvious. This time it felt a little sneakier. So he was pulling back. So my pattern of rigidity kicked in and I wanted to control by breaking up first rather than leaning in, speaking into what I was feeling. My first inclination was I'm going to take care of this first. And then my secondary pattern is the leaving pattern. So if I can't control the situation, I get out. I see that in how my marriage ended. I can see where if it wasn't on my terms and it wasn't the way that I wanted to work on things, then it wasn't okay. And I would leave. And then I started to unpack this of, oh my gosh, I have literally left every partnership first. And it's not to say that there weren't times where that was absolutely valid and necessary, but I'm more curious about looking at all sides of me and getting curious about my patterns versus always trying to be right. And so I saw that there was something for me to look at here. So I brought this situation to my coach. I said, listen, here's what's happening. I feel him pulling away. I want to have you look at my blind spots, spots before I break up with him. And what she said to me completely changed the course of this relationship. She said, your growth, Bryn, isn't in controlling this outcome. It is letting go and surrendering to whatever is about to unfold. because." What you don't know right now is who this man is when you're not trying to control him. So when I reflected back on the relationship, I saw where I kept revealing my feelings to him, but it wasn't revealing just for the sake of 
my heart is hurting where I'm angry with you. So I need to express it. It was, I'm doing this so you can give me something in return. So you can be better, show up differently, be more vulnerable, have more intimacy. There was always something attached, whether or not I saw it. So my coach brings this pattern to me and says, I challenge you, I invite you to let go. Let go fully, let go of whatever's supposed to be will be, and that you don't have to control, take the reins and do anything that it will all unfold as it's supposed to. And that shit was hard. I felt every fiber of my being wanting to connect, wanting to talk to him, wanting to see where he went because he he disappeared. He started to pull away energetically and physically. And so here we are eight days later and I haven't heard from him. However, my goal is to be more in my feminine, more in my emotional being, more in my state of receiving because I'm tired. I'm tired of controlling. I'm tired of constantly needing to manipulate so that I can have love. I want to be loved exactly as I am and not have to do anything for that to be true. And so my healing and my growth is to let go and to see who this man was in this space where I'm not trying to control him. So eight days go by, haven't heard from him. And so I send a very sweet yet open text where I wasn't controlling. I just stated where I was at and how I was feeling. So I checked in on him. I said, how are you doing? Um, I'm sensing something is happening. Would you like to talk with me about it? So I created an invitation rather than saying like, I'm done with you. And sure enough, within 24 hours of that message, I'd received a a letter and a, a text message that ended the relationship. And it was heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking. Um, And I heard once from actually a client of mine say that grief is all of the love that you never got to give. So in that moment, when I received that message, I instantly felt this overwhelming sense of grief of there was so much more that I had. There was so much more that I wanted to share. And I let myself feel the pain. So rather than in that moment, turning off, going to Netflix, having a glass of wine, I just fell to my knees and sobbed. And this concept of time heals all is bullshit. If you still believe that, or if you've heard that, I invite you to throw that one away. Time doesn't heal all if you're avoiding. What heals, what truly heals is feeling. And so when he ended the relationship, I let myself feel the immense amount of pain, the sadness, the heaviness of it. And what's interesting is that I have heard from Joe Dispenza, he talks about this, that an emotion from like the moment the emotion occurs as a synapse and a firing that it's around 90 seconds to two minutes for that process to be completed. So what that means to me is in a moment, a wave of emotion, one wave takes about 90 seconds to two minutes to go through. So here's how I check myself to make sure that I'm not indulging and I'm staying with feeling. 
So the waves come, right? So a wave hit, I see the letter, I go instantly into sadness, sobbing, come back up for air is the best way I describe it. Like the wave is over. I connect to my core. I breathe. I check to see if my mind is running because what I find that happens with heartbreak or really any emotions is we have to be careful not to fuel them with stories. It would have been really easy for me to go into victim. He left me. How could he? Now I will say there's a little bit of this that's actually healthy. If you are finding that you're stuck in a victim mentality, awareness of it, and knowing that it's okay to indulge in it for, let's say one day, you give yourself a container. I'm going to let myself be, woe is me. Fuck this person. I can't believe he did this to me. I'm so special. How could he but give yourself a time, a start and an end time. It's when the victim mentality comes in subconsciously and we can't see it where we create our own suffering. So when I'm in a wave of emotion, I'm just feeling nothing else is present. It's like an orgasm. I'm so present with the feeling nothing else is happening. And when the wave is over, that's when I check in. Am I fueling? So if I'm just being with the sadness, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling the heaviness, the, you know, sadness can feel so many different ways in your body, pressure behind your eyes, tears, like a weighted blanket. Um, it feels like I want to curl up into a ball. That to me is sadness versus if I'm fueling it with a story, that's no longer feeling that's my mind being activated. So first and foremost is feeling to help heal your heartbreak. The second is to make sure you're not fueling it with stories. I have a confession. I ran out of everyday dose. And before I could get my refill in, I went back to coffee for about a week. (sighs) One day around noon, I sat having a conversation with Jordan and I felt a wave of anxiety wash over me. The conversation wasn't particularly challenging. I think we were just chatting about some things happening in the business. And I remember placing my my hand over my heart and taking a few deep breaths and a little light bulb going off. Whoa, could this be because of the coffee? I looked up at Jordan and I said, I need your support in kicking the coffee for good, good. It's not serving me. And even if it's not the cause or the source of my anxious feelings, It's not helping anything and it's quite possibly even exacerbating it all. So we agreed. No more coffee for Lex, no matter what. It's hard, y'all, to even say that out loud. I have loved, capital L-O-V-E-D, my morning coffee for years. And to say goodbye is so sad. Good news, though. My everyday dose arrived literally the next day and I was reminded why I love it so much and why it's seriously the perfect replacement. I still get to have my morning cup of something warm and delicious. Only now it's a third of the caffeine as compared to a regular cup of coffee, plus mushrooms and adaptogens to help create sustainable energy in my system. I'm much more pleasant in my relationship and my day-to-day life when I choose to do what's best for my nervous system, my digestion, and my physical and mental health. Everyday Dose is definitely in the category of what's best. Now, not everyone is like me, but some of you listening are. So for those of you who could stand to kick the coffee habit with me, 
you can try Everyday Dose by going to everydaydose.com. Remember to use the code THATSEXCHICK for 20% off at checkout. And because I know you're going to ask, here's my personal recipe. One tablespoon of dose, two ounces of hot water, blend, add five drops of liquid stevia, the vanilla is my favorite, and then on top, eight ounces of frothed three-seed almond milk. Now, my extra bonus is a sprinkle of a little stevia powder across the top of the foam. It's my fave. Enjoy my loves. Everydaydose.com. So after I cried and I let myself cry for about two days, you know, again, checking in, crying, checking in. The third thing that I did after being present with storytelling and making sure that I was just being present with the emotion was I decided to write him a letter because the letter also was a, an avenue for me to complete and close the loop. What is hard at times is we feel that we need closure, right? Closure to me is an illusion. Closure happens when you make a decision to move on. And so I had to make a decision to move on because this person has made it clear. He expressed a boundary with me. I am not able to be the person and the relationship that you want. I am ending this. That is a boundary. Breakup is a boundary. And so for me to respect that boundary, I needed to create the closure for myself that I needed to move on. He can't give that to me. So I wrote him a letter. And I think writing letters is one of the most cathartic ways to heal because you can say anything that is left unsaid. And sometimes you can send it. Sometimes you can leave it. It all depends. Trust that you know. If that languor is ridden with anger and hatred and projections, you did this, you did that. That's not a letter we send. However, if you are from a place of love, that is always what we want to come back to. Even in the midst of heartbreak, if you think about it, heartbreak is your heart breaking open. So it's actually deep feelings of love that we're feeling, love that we're not able to give anymore to this person. What we know is that that feeling can always be cultivated back within ourselves. Yet there is a grieving, a loss that has to occur. And so I wrote a letter and I was in a place where the letter felt like it was rooted in love. I did express pain and sadness and anger, but the letter was deeply rooted in love. And I actually, while I won't share the entirety of the letter, I do want to keep that sacred. Um, I did pull an excerpt out because I'd love to share it with you of what the end of the letter felt like. He said, the truth is I cared. I cared a lot more than I realized and you running away hurt really deeply. So did the text to see it all ending with a text was crushing yet underneath the sadness and anger is love. I love you. And I really appreciate everything that we had. My heart hurts deeply, but it will heal as it always does. And I hope that one day, if I run into you, we'll get to share a long embrace and a laugh together. And I hope that whatever you're looking for, you find it and that it brings you so much joy. Now, this was a part of a much longer letter, but as you can see, the energy behind what I brought to him authentically was, I'm sad, I'm hurt, and I love you. And I want you to know that our time together 
really meant something to me. And that was important for me to communicate that just because the love is transitioning and we're uncoupling doesn't mean that I don't love you. That love is still there. It will just be channeled in a different way moving forward. So you can always write a letter. And like I said, you don't have to send it, but if you feel called to, it can be so healing. I will say it is important to ask for consent. No one wants a letter that is from a previous partner that they weren't prepared for. So you can say something like, I wrote something, are you open to receiving it? Because the relationship is no longer and therefore to cross that boundary of sending them something that is emotional and heartfelt may not be something they're open to. And so consent is actually really important. Now, the next piece that really served me has been moving my body. Heartbreak is interesting because it, it wants you to, it wants you to lay down. It wants you to stay still. It wants you to be in bed. It wants you to lack movement. And what I find is actual moving the energy is what helps to transmute it and to keep, keep it from being heavy and stuck within your body. So I have a playlist called sadness and I put on that playlist and the way that I, I think about it is you kind of know when it's just sitting under the surface, there are some days I don't need the help of a playlist. The tears flow easily, but then there are other days where, you know, maybe I've had to have a long day of work and I can just feel energetically there's something there and I didn't have space to be with it all day let's be honest, we don't always have space to just be with our feelings all day. So I'll put on a sad song or three and I'll move, move for the entirety of the song. Now, sometimes this morning I was in the fetal position and I was rocking and I was literally holding myself like a child, rocking, holding myself, stroking my arms. And it was so helpful. The second I started to hear the music because energy moves in three ways breath, movement, and sound. So I was breathing, I was moving my body and I was listening to music and I was making sound like these guttural noises that had no rhyme or reason to them. And between those three things, I was able to release another layer, another layer, because that's ultimately what we're doing is we're just releasing in layers. And it does get better over time. That's where the time component comes in. But it takes you showing up and being willing to feel, not just the time. So I'll put on the playlist, I'll move my body. Uh, I will say there are layers and, and stages to grief. So if you find yourself not in sadness, but in anger, that's a good thing. Anger is actually what I imagine is the gatekeeper to your sadness. Almost every time I'm angry, what's immediately underneath the anger is deep sadness and pain. And so you can punch your pillow. You can scream under the water. Like I love being in the bathtub and yelling. Um, I will throw a full temper tantrum. Like I am three years old in the privacy of my own bedroom. I will kick my feet. I will pound my fists into my mattress. I will throw all of my pillows into the wall. Um, I've even heard of people buying the foam nerf bats for little kids and just wailing on your pillows. And it feels so cathartic. That's where we step out of victim mentality. 
we take responsibility for the energy that we're feeling and we tend to it. So I've had all waves of that anger from fuck you to I'm so sad. And I let myself feel it without judgment. So to keep moving, I also schedule things to look forward to while keeping a balance of space because there is a balance between wallowing, which means intentionally indulging in sadness over and over and having productive energy, moving productive sadness. Again, I I mentioned earlier, wallowing may look like adding story, but another way to wallow is if we're consistently staying in the feeling all of the time. That's why I like to create containers, which is time and space. So for three songs, I will feel this, or for 30 minutes, I will feel this. And then I move on with my day. I make plans with girlfriends. I schedule things that I can look forward to so that I am getting back to my life and the things that bring me joy, not just only saying that if I'm in heartbreak, that's all I can experience. You have a vast capacity to feel many things at once, pain and pleasure, heartbreak and bliss. You can feel all of those things together. I've also been journaling a lot around what I learned. This helps to create meaning of something greater. This helps for me to go, there's no such thing as a failed relationship because I've learned this person meant something to me. We had beautiful memories together that I will always cherish. And what's important is what am I taking and moving forward into my next relationship? So I'm a different, more evolved human and woman than I was before. So number one, the first thing that I learned was where control still sneaks in for me when I'm feeling unsafe. And I started to reflect around how there is this fine line between calling someone forward to their greatness, because that's what we do in partnership. We, Annie Lala talks about this, uh, an incredible relationship coach that I follow. She talks about when you're in partnership, your partner, you see them as the Michelangelo, the beautiful sculpted marble statue. However, what you're doing is you're helping them to step into their Michelangelo. And there are some things with the, I forget what it's called, the the tools that you'll have to use to help remove the stone that is keeping them from their greatness. And we do that rooted in love. We do that rooted in tough conversations, but the difference is there's a line between calling someone forward into their greatness and being manipulative and trying to change them because we ultimately have to be in love with who they are in this moment, not their potential. And what I saw was I was also in love with potential. Yes, I was in love with who he was there, but I found that I was more in love with what I kept seeing and trying to make of him. And that's not fair to him. And it's not fair to me. So I saw where control was still a part of my being. And that's something I get to be way more aware of going into the next relationship. And he showed me, he showed me with his actions that he wasn't ready, but I ignored that. And I continued to ask more of him than what he was willing to give me. So my next iteration is believe their actions, believe 
when they are not showing up and taking initiative and making plans for the future, it's because they don't have the capacity for it. And the second lesson that I learned was that I get to have a hundred percent now. It was that same relationship coach, Annie Lala, who said, if you have to ask if you're settling, the answer is yes. And I started to ask myself that question towards the latter, the end of our relationship. And when I heard that, I immediately felt a ping because I knew, I knew I wasn't receiving a hundred percent and I knew he wasn't available for it. And so I get to anchor and believe that I'm worthy and I can have 100% now. And that there is no such thing as settling when I'm interviewing for the role of my life partner. This must be the most incredible human I have ever met to me. And therefore, anything less than that, it's just not worth it. It's not. Now, doesn't mean that I'm not going to have other relationships where that happens again. It just means I may see it faster. That's my intention. And that's why journaling around these things is really important because it helps me to pull and not just have the relationship and repeat the same patterns. That's what we want to avoid. Now, the last thing that I've done to heal in this heartbreak, and this is really where I'm at now and I haven't fully stepped into is creating a vision. Every time a relationship ends, it allows me to update the vision of my life, the vision of my relationships and what I desire and what is the most beautiful and true version of my life and of my love that I can imagine. And this person helped me to, to identify things that I want differently. Now, what happened really divinely was um, I've been on dating apps for a couple of years now, and I actually really believe that there's so much to be learned by using dating apps. I hear a lot of people say, it's not for me. I won't find my person on them. And I invite you to let that story go and to see what is potentially blocking you from finding love. Maybe you don't meet your partner on Hinge. Maybe you do. And only the story that you won't find that person on Hinge, or, and I just keep using that one as an example, will be the thing that is keeping you from that. So I matched with this guy who is a musician and who knows what will unfold. But what I realized was having this past relationship and then helping to see a new vision, this person was an expander for me, the new person that just like plopped into my lap at the perfect time. He immediately helped me to expand what I realized I actually wanted, which is more adventure, more bliss, more spontaneity, more travel, more freedom. So what I realized was happening was I was dreaming again. I was dreaming of what my life could look like. And I realized in retrospect that I had been settling. And all of a sudden, here's this person in my lap that helped to expand what I want my life to look like. So I'm having these visions of, well, gosh, what if I marry a musician who tours the world and together we're traveling with our children and watching dad play shows and mom is coaching from all over the world and we're listening to music and traveling to these incredible lands together. And all of a sudden, 
expansion and vision for what is possible that I hadn't even let myself see and how turned on and excited I got by that version of my life. And it was so cool because all of a sudden I had access to that vision. If you don't yet have access to your vision, it's probably because there's still some more healing to do and your heart is still feeling blocked. So if you don't feel the vision, do not rush this process. Allow yourself to fully feel into the heartbreak and trust that the new vision for your life and love will come when you have moved through the pain. And some of the questions I like to ask myself when creating a vision is how will I feel in the energy of this person? I'll feel adored. I'll feel worshiped. I'll feel reverence. I will feel in awe of them as equally as they are in awe of me. I'll feel desire. So instead of creating, yes, you can create more tangible things like um, loves to travel and, um, you know, works for themselves. Those things are all fine, but I really like focusing on feelings because you'll know when you're in those feelings versus where our mind likes to say, this person doesn't check all of these boxes, but how do they actually make you feel? And the last piece is trusting, really trusting, not just affirming it, but feeling in my body that this person is already on their way to me. And it may not be in the timeline that I have in my head. It usually never is. But can I create space in my life, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and believe that this person with every fiber of my being is on their way to me? Because if I don't believe that, then I imagine I haven't even created a reality where it's possible. And I know I've referenced her several times in this podcast, but she's just dropped so many bombs for me as Annie Lala also said to me once, can you imagine that your love, your true love, this person that you will build with and have incredible impact on this world with has sent every man prior to him in order to get you ready for the love that you will have together. <laughs> and it's so tender. It's so sweet to believe that they're helping to orchestrate this. We're both doing it, right? I'm doing it for him. He's doing it for me. And I get to hold on to that belief. I get to feel that in every fiber of my being. When I lose faith and I lose hope, I get to come back to who this is all happening for me. And I trust with every fiber of my being that that person is coming and that I don't have to control it. I don't have to do anything that it is already on its way to me. So I hope that this podcast will support you, whether you're in the trenches with me now, or there is a future heartbreak coming, or in retrospect, you can see where you could have done things differently. Let this be a guide for you and myself, right? This is why I teach these things because to teach is the highest expression for me of fully understanding. And I'm in it with you. I think you could hear it in my energy today. You know, this is really real for me, really on my heart. And it is my greatest honor to take what I am feeling and to serve you so that you too can move through these things with grace and ease and build a life that is beautiful and 
with deeper, more fulfilling love than you could have ever imagined. So I love you in all of your heartbreak and in all of your joy. And I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.